Aloha. This is Shana Kitani from the Hawaii International Film Festival Online Creators and Critics Immersive Program, and welcome to the HIF Talks podcast. Today, I am joined by Hunter Nahoo Ikaika, and we will be discussing the short film she wrote and directed, Seen with Hawaiian Eyes, which was one of the shorts selected for the 43rd Hawaii International Film Festival as part of the Kanaka Maoli Legacy New Hawaiian Docs. I want to start off by congratulating you and your film being selected for the Hawaii International Film Festival. And thank you for being here today. How are you doing? I'm doing good. It's been a really exciting experience so far. It's my first time being at HIF, and I think it's one that I didn't expect because graduating from college and submitting the film, I just wanted it to get out there. I didn't know what that looked like. And so it's been a great experience to know that it's being seen by the people here. Yeah, I was really excited to see your film selected for this year's lineup. For those listening, Hunter and I went to the same college and studied at the same film school. So I was just proud of you and it made me really happy to see you and your work recognized by HIF. And I had the opportunity to attend your premiere screening at the festival. And I thought it was really beautifully directed and had such a touching story. Hunter's film is titled Seeing with Hawaiian Eyes. And in short, it's a documentary that follows Lehia, who establishes an indigenous farm with her partner, Brad, and her father, Ricky, in order to preserve and perpetuate the native Hawaiian culture. Hunter, could you introduce yourself and talk a little bit about directing this film and how that experience went? My name is Hunter Naholi Kaika. At the time, I was a senior in the broadcast journalism and documentary program at Chapman. And so going into thinking about directing the film, all I knew was that I wanted the film to be about Hawaii and the people here. I didn't know where that was going to take me. There was really no direction. I remember my thesis professor saying like, okay, on the first day, what do you guys want to do? And I was like, oh, so we had to think of this over the summer. And it was really in that moment, maybe it was just like, I think everything was meant to be the way it was because in that moment I was like, okay, I'm going to pitch to him that I'm going to do it on a farm in Hawaii. And I think he's going to love it because he loves Hawaii. And so I said it and I ended up scrambling the night after trying to find a farm. I knew some on Maui, but I wanted to find others out there because I just wanted to see like I have this opportunity to tell a story about my home I want to make sure I do the research without just being like oh yeah I know a farm down the road funny enough they ended up being down the road but I didn't know them and I found them on a article a Maui news article and from there we just clicked and so directing this film I feel like it was all in the moment. I don't think everything that I planned to frame my story and how to shoot it, it kind of just happened in the moment. Everything that you see now um, in post was not what I expected. Them sharing their vulnerability on camera, talking about specifically Kuholave, that was not the direction that I thought the film was going to take. But as a director or just someone on a shooting a film, shooting a documentary, it's kind of waiting for the unexpected moments and kind of going with that. Yeah, that's so true. Like with documentary, you don't always know what you're going to get, even if you plan everything out. So I'm glad it all worked out and came together really perfectly. So you learned about the farm and... What drew you to the story of Lehia and Brad and the work they're doing on their farm? So, yes, like I mentioned, it was that Maui News article that drew me. 
I just seen this couple that was so young starting this farm. I was like, how did they even do it? And they're right down the street from me. I live in Wailuku Maui. And so it was kind of this spark, like aha moment where it's like, they're so close to me. They're born and raised here, but they went to the continent. They moved away and they came back home. And so that was kind of the drive for me because I felt like I took the same pathway as far as being born and raised on Maui, leaving and trying to find my way back to Hawaii and they did that and so that's what connected me to them it wasn't just about them farming and then planting their canoe crops and indigenous plants it was really the journey of how they got to where they were that struck me when I read their article I wanted to briefly bring this up mm -hmm. Brad and Lahia run a small business on their farm uh, Poli Poli Farms and I wanted to bring up your business that you started, Kavailiula Designs. And as a graphic designer, you also primarily work with smaller local businesses. I was wondering if you could talk a little bit about your passion for supporting local businesses and if that played into why you wanted to focus on this farm. Uh, yes, Kavailiula Designs. I started also when I was at Chapman. I knew that I just liked to design and I found in one of my classes that brand designing was something that I liked to do. And I don't know, it, it was again, one of those moments where it just clicked where it was gonna be for small businesses in Hawaii, um, Hawaii. I don't know why, but that was just where my passion laid. And so I continued to do it. And then after college, I really took it seriously where I'm like, okay, let's help out these businesses. Let's form my content on social media to make sure that they know that I'm here to help them. And so it really is, this is something that I do on the side, but it's a business that I really like. It's when you build something from the ground up, essentially like this documentary, and you're just doing it out of the love and passion for that specific thing. So the documentary was to tell their story and my designs is to tell the story of these small businesses at home. And that's kind of just how I've been leading everything that I do so far just leading with that same passion and that same drive to help out these businesses. And that's what Kamali Ula Design strives to do at the end of the day. I always tell my clients that they have so much heart and soul behind their businesses and as small business owners in Hawaii, but most times it's not matched on social media or on their business cards or their logos because they wear so many hats that they don't have the time to often brand themselves and tell their story. And so I really do believe that you're right, graphic design and documentaries go hand in hand because at the end of the day, you're trying to tell a story, in my opinion. Yeah, and you're trying to tell that story in a way that honors the passion behind the yeah. projects. I also want to talk about like documentary filmmaking and in the film Brad and Mejia their goal and their passion for their farm is perpetuating Hawaiian culture and preserving it as well through farming and there's like a connection there with documentary filmmaking as a filmmaker film is also an act of preserving and perpetuating culture through film and documentation so I thought it was interesting and powerful that there's that connection there between the subjects of your film and what you're doing. Just to go off of that, that's actually funny you mention it because you're right, like Lahia took the pathway to do journalism. Like that was actually the thing she did after college. She went into the broadcast journalism space and ended up doing that for a couple years. And that's what connected her to me when I reached out to her. Because I said, hey, I'm a student at Chapman trying to make films about my home and I want to make a film about your farm. And 
she said they got a lot of requests at the time to do these types of media and press types of things but she said it was a story of finding your way back home in my own life that led her to actually sending me back an email and for us to connect so yeah if it wasn't for that sole purpose of trying to tell stories about Hawaii and our journey together like we connected first on like a personal level I think before she ever thought of like us creating this documentary so that's something that was really special. I wanted to talk about the current state of Hawaiian cinema and the films currently being produced by Kanaka Maoli because you are an emerging Kanaka Maoli filmmaker and I think now more than ever in the history of Native Hawaiian cinema, it's an exciting time to be creating and producing content in the industry because there's so many talented people like yourself directing films and writing films and taking back control of the narrative of Hawaii. And I wanted to ask you what drove you down this path of specifically documentary filmmaking and why is it important to you? And then why is it important to you as Kanaka Maoli? What drove me down this path in the first place, I think, was in high school. I didn't know that this could be a career. I didn't know what this would lead to, but I just knew that I liked telling stories and connecting with people. And that's always something that we talk about in documentary is that this type of media is different because you're able to break that wall of like a script or something that's pre-written. It's the natural authenticity of that moment and that's what allows you to connect to all your subjects. Like whatever documentary you do, whether it's in Hawaii or not, it allows you to tell a story that hopefully is authentic and true to the person you are telling that about. And so with being a Kanaka Maoli filmmaker and in this new age, I think it's empowering. I think a lot of people should feel empowered to do it. It is it can be overwhelming at times only because there is so much to tell. I feel like there's so much things happening now in current day and also with our history that's so important that because I'm speaking from personal experience, it was like creating this documentary. At first, I didn't know where to go because I felt like I had to tackle everything all in one and I didn't know if I was the right person to do it. But standing here after looking back at it it's like you're just telling the story from your own perspective and from the perspective of your subject so just do it i feel like there's no boundaries when it comes to someone that's born and raised here or from here there's no bounds to what the stories you can tell because no one can take away that experience from you and so if we're willing to do it all we have to do is pick up a camera and shoot and edit it on our computer then we can do it and it's, yeah, it's a really powerful thing that we're able to do it so easily now. So I feel like the future is bright for filmmakers. It's just about taking the opportunities, whether that's just your neighbor or someone you reach out to, taking those opportunities and saying, why not? That's beautiful. Um, yeah, and I kind of mentioned it briefly earlier, but it goes back to like the idea of preservation and perpetuation of culture as well in that, I feel like Kanaka Maoli or local people even in Hawaii are perpetuating culture and raising awareness about specific issues and local filmmakers are getting a voice and subjects of their films are getting a voice and kind of being like, Hawaii is not just this commercialized paradise for tourism. There's real people here with history and stories to tell. And like you said, there's many stories to tell. Yeah. 
I agree. I think the culture here is so rich. If you want to be a filmmaker in Hawaii, it's an important thing to mention. You don't have to feel like you have to make it about. I feel it in my personal experience, the Native Hawaiian culture. I did it because I was connected to it and I felt like that was the right route for me. But there is so much rich culture here that it would be funny to not tell those stories as well. It would be kind of hard to be like, no, we just have to talk about the Native Hawaiian voices. It is so important too. But again, I just feel like the day we are at now, we are we should be embracing all the cultures here. That's not just the Native Hawaiian culture because I was raised with my Chinese side of the family, my Filipino side of the family. It wasn't just my Hawaiian side. And I think that makes us who we are today. So you can be a filmmaker and shoot anything in Hawaii, just making sure again that your purpose and passion is always true to what you're shooting and never trying to divert from that or make it something that it's not. Yeah, that's true. There's so many cultures here. Hawaii's had so much influence from different cultures, especially Asian cultures. And um, there's kind of nowhere else in the world like Hawaii. So yeah, it's exciting to look at the current industry and the people starting to make films or making films and telling more authentic stories about Hawaii and the people here. I wanted to briefly bring up the devastating Maui wildfires that occurred in August. And I know that you're from Wailuku, and this documentary was shot entirely on Maui. And I wanted to ask how you and your family are doing and how Brad and Lahia and their family are doing as well. There's sometimes there's nothing to put into words. Let me first say that me and my family and even Brad and Lahia are thankfully okay. We do live on the Wailuku side. I know fires had uh, started in Lahaina, upcountry Maui. There was a few brush fires. It was just kind of a crazy night overall. It was kind, of, it was surreal and a little scary because when the Lahaina fire started to happen, then there was ones upcountry in the same night, and then people started having some in what the Wailuku area. So I would say that night was just a little worrisome. Just calling family members and making sure they were okay yeah. was the hardest part about it. But then at the end of the day, again, thankfully we weren't affected by it. And so it really, Lahaina, a country, really took a hit as far as the wildfires. And so now it's like, we couldn't just sit at home. I feel like that's where we went from, you know, not being affected by it. We were like, hey, what do we do? And just trying to support our efforts at the shelters or reaching out to people, giving food wherever we can. And so that's what we were able to do, my family specifically. And then as far as Lahia and Brad, they have such a big farm and I know they know a lot of people on the island and so they tried to help house the Haina people as much as they could as well and I think they're still doing that right now and so it's almost just like trying to do as much as we can in the spaces that we can and so yeah it is something that will go on for a long time for many many of years the restoration of it but just trying our best right now yeah thank you for sharing that and I'm glad to hear, thankfully, you and your family are safe, and they're safe as well. I wanted to bring up the Koho'olawe bombings and the Protect Koho'olawe Ohana movement because it was featured in the film. And for anyone that doesn't know, this is a very, very brief summary of what happened. But essentially, the U.S. Navy used the island as a bombing range for decades, starting in the 40s. And Lehia's father was involved with the protection of Koho'olawe. And she talked about that movement which she described as feeling insurmountable and impossible to go up against 
the U.S. military and how that movement inspired her and her decision to start the farm and pivot career paths. And I think there's a lot of events in the history of Hawaii and even happening today that continuously exemplifies the resilience of Kanaka Maui and the people here and the community here that is inspirational. And I was wondering if there's anything that inspires you and your passions in a similar way that Leahy is inspired by her dad. One thing that you said was really beautiful was the resilience of the Native Hawaiian people, something that we don't get to share a lot or see a lot because we see all the the pain and the tears and the suffering or the happy good times as well the celebration of our culture but it is the true resilience of the Hawaiian people and I feel like for me it was the people that drove me back home I mean essentially it's my family that took me back here and I I say that because there's just something that clicked for me that wasn't, I don't think that type of feeling, that type of feeling of warmth, whether you want to call it aloha, sense Mm -hmm. of place, for me, that was, I couldn't find that anywhere else but here. Hawaii is a very special place. And if we know how to use our resources and rely on our community, we can create amazing things here and amazing opportunities so I wanted to be a part of that I feel like most of the time Hawaii if you're especially if you're born and raised here it's looked at as a place that has no opportunity and we have to go to the continent we have to go elsewhere I do believe that going and being able to travel just for a little bit or being able to go there for college that was an opportunity and a great experience because I was able to meet different people meet different cultures just like Hawaii is to some people but at the end of the day instead of looking at our island as a place that is just this bubble I feel like now with everything happening with creative media going on as well I feel like the focus is starting to shift from this is just a bubble, this is just like so a close-minded area and I have to move away. I hope that these times change it into we can really make something good out of what we have. Just like Lahia said in the documentary, it just started as a small farm bed and they worked with what they had and then look at them now. And so that's why the documentary means so much to me too because I feel like it encompasses that same movement as a big picture of Hawaii. We're just working with a couple small islands of a handful of people compared to the continent but if we work on what we can over here I think we can really make a change and I see that in a lot of individuals and it's going to take a long time but if we keep doing it and we have that mindset and we teach other the younger generation of that as well that they don't have to feel trapped if you want to leave you can but if you don't you don't have to and so I think that's something beautiful that's starting to happen now that I hope continues to be talked about beautifully said and I think a good place to close out Before we wrap, is there anything you want to add or do you have any final thoughts that you want to share? Overall, I just want to say like, I'm very grateful to have all these experiences. And I feel like for any filmmakers that are wondering like, how do I do it? Where do I start? Trust me, I I didn't know either. It's just, again, I think I've said this time and time again, putting your all into something and just not like, not thinking about and it's so hard because I still do it till today but not thinking about the end goal just thinking about what you're doing now and trying to do it because that's where a lot of us stop is like 
we think of great ideas, we want to do this amazing film, and then we stop because we don't know where to start. It's just, it's the fact, it's the process of picking up your camera, it's the process of writing your story and building your network, building your team out here. And that's how you'll be able to, once you continue to work on your craft, the magic will happen. If it's meant to happen, it'll happen. And yeah, it's just a very awesome experience to be a part of this. Mahalo everyone for listening to this HIF Talks podcast. I enjoyed sitting down and talking to Hunter about her film, Seen with Hawaiian Eyes. If you want to learn more about the film, you can follow Hunter at Kavaili Ula Designs on Instagram. Thank you to Hunter for taking the time to chat, and thank you to the Hawaii International Film Festival Online Creators and Critics Immersive Program for this podcast.